here. Are you looking for your creature feature from the closet? Well, sorry, kiddos. Tonight, the whole team from Forgotten Lore Theater is working on their Fringe Festival production of Illimitable Dominion. It opens September 18th. Why don't you come and get a scare in person? You can get tickets by visiting ForgottenLore.org. In the meantime, we bring you this encore presentation of Midnight Apocrypha's I, Madman. Don't stare at me like that. Don't stare at me like that. Please. Don't stare at me like that. Please. Don't stare at me like that. I'm just like you. Yes. Just. Like. You. <laughs> yes. Just like you. The cancer in the mind, it doesn't change us. Not at all. We live. We see. We understand. I want to tell you how it all started. Where it all started. Oh, it was at my club. Oh, a perfectly harmless place. Boring. I always thought it was. Old men sitting around a fire, talking of little nothings. We younger members belong just for the prestige. Well, I rarely went there. Until that night. There were three of us sitting before a dying fire. Mr. Quimmer. Old Harford. And I. <sighs> Old Harford. The oldest member of the club, the richest. <laughs> and because he had the most money, he was supposed to know the most. Oh, and when he talked, everyone listened as if it were the high priest himself speaking. That night he had been doing very little talking. <laughs> I'd been doing most of it. I remember when I got through spouting, he looked at me through those gimlet eyes of his and said, I must say, you're a fool, John McTeague. <laughs> fool. I... Any man who talks the way you just did is a fool. And no mistake, a quimmer. Right, Mr. Harper, right! <laughs> And perhaps you gentlemen who agree so unanimously will tell me why I am elected to the Dunch's chair? Certainly I'll tell you. Any man who hopes to look into the future is a fool. And no mistake. Right, Mr. Harper, right! The present is ours, and the future is God's! But think. Think of 
what knowing the future would mean to a man. Why, he'd be a king on earth, knowing everything, the, the future trends of politics, world history, the rise and fall of money markets, yes. Oh, he'd be more than a king, a god on earth. A fool on earth, an unhappy fool. Knowing what the stock markets and, and the racetracks that the, of the world would do, this, this man could make a fortune just like that. He could see ahead far enough. Why, he could foresee his own death. Yes. Yes, and prevent it. Huh? What's he raving about? Yes. I tell you, the man who looked into the future could delay his own death. Few of us die naturally in our own beds. If a man, if I, could look into the future and see, for example, that I was going to die in an automobile accident, say, 10 years ahead. Well, I'd stay out of autos 10 years from now and cheat death. You hear that, you two? Cheat death. Live my full span of years fully, completely, gloriously. And I tell you, if you knew the future, it would be tragic. It would be a horribly under comprehension. Words, words, I say. That if I knew the future, even a few days ahead, I'd hold the world in my hand. I'd have a power that no mortal man ever had before. I repeat, it would be a horror beyond your comprehension. Horror? <laughs> horror? What are you talking about? Horror? You would not understand. Alright, then let it be horrible. I tell you, I'd give my soul to be able to look into tomorrow. My soul. My soul. Yes, that's what I said to them. Mr. Quimmer and old Harford. I said I'd give my soul to look into tomorrow. And you know, I think that somehow, somewhere, the power heard. The power heard. I came out of the club a few minutes after I left Quimmer and Harford that day. I remember the sun was fiercely hot. The doorman said, Hey, Mr. McTigg, so good to see you. I nodded my head. I kept walking up the street. In my mind, the things I'd been talking about to those old men kept turning and twisting. My car was parked up around the corner. I kept walking. I turned the corner and then, how can I explain it? I had a feeling that things weren't what they'd always been. Like, when you come home at night, you come into the living room, the furniture's been changed around while you've been gone. You don't quite know for sure that it has, but there's an uneasiness in you. Somehow, something's different. That's the way it was with me when I turned into that street. The same old street. I've been there many times. And yet, somehow quite different. The first thing was my car. It wasn't there at the curb where I had left it. But that, that was only part of it. The storefronts 
different. Some of them, I stood there blinking in the sunlight trying to figure it out. Peculiar changes all around. Little things. The same old street and yet it wasn't quite the same. People walking, cars passing, and in me that strange vague feeling that this, this was somehow different. Not the same street that I had walked on but a few short hours before. Get your paper, the newsboy was calling out his papers on the corner. Paper, I walked paper, up to him. He it. said, paper, get your paper, read all about it. Paper, mister? Paper? Tell me, is... Is this... Is this North Market Street? Sure! Can't you read the signs? Get your paper, read all about it, get your paper! Wait, fellow, wait! Huh? Let me have a paper. Quickly! Sure! Gee, thanks! Paper, get your paper here! Paper, get your paper! Paper, Newsboy, get your- come back here! Come back! What's the matter? What? This newspaper! It's the latest edition, mister! So help me! Look at it, you! Look at it! What's the matter with it? Look at it, I tell you! The date! Look at the date! Mister, are you nuts? It's today's paper! See? April 30th! But the year! Look at the year! 1938! See? It's alright! 1938! But... But that's wrong, I tell you! It's April 30th, 1937! Gee, mister, you are screwy. Don't you even know it's 1938? Don't you? Don't you? 1938. 1938? 1938? It, it had happened. The, the thing I had talked about in the club to those old men had happened. Really happened. So, somehow I had stepped into the world of the the world as it would be one year ahead. No, no, it couldn't be true. I told myself it, it couldn't. How could I turn a corner and move ahead 365 days? And and yet the newspaper, I, I had to know. I, I hurried down the street. I saw a policeman. I, I went up to him. I said, officer. Officer! Yes, sir? Officer, the date. Tell me the date. Sure, and is that anything to get excited about? It's... let me see. April the 30th. Yes, that's it. The last day of yes, the month. Yes, I know, I know, but the year. Tell me the year. Uh, come now, it's pretty early in the day to be getting liquor. You fool, I'm serious. The year, please tell me the year. Along with ye. Better be going home. I say, if a man don't know the year, he'd be better off the street, no mistake. But officer! Now, along with ye, it's 1938, that'll cool you down. So, along with ye, along with ye. Nineteen-thirty-eight. So it was true! I moved ahead one year in life. One solid year. Oh, that look into the future that I'd wanted was mine. <laughs> and then, suddenly, in my ears, 
Now, in my head, I seem to hear the voice of old Harford saying, It would be a horror beyond your comprehension. For a moment, I stood there, frightened. Then the fright was gone, and in its place came a thrilling sense of power I had never known. This was my opportunity. A chance a man had never had in all of history of the world. To step into the future. To know what was going to happen before anyone else in the world knew of it. All the things I said to Hartford come true. A power in my hands that no one else has ever known. Knowing a year ahead of time, the future trends of the stock market, the, the racetracks, a, a king, a king on earth, though. There was no doubt in my mind that I'd go back. Oh, you understand that I'd go back and be able to profit by what I'd learned in this world a year in the future. I remember I threw open the pages of the newspaper. Then I shouted aloud until the people turned and stared at me. There it was, in black on white. Horse races of a year away, the, the stock markets of a year away. Oh, all I had to do was save this paper so that when this miracle was over, and I was back in 1937 again, I'd, I'd be able to use the knowledge to make a fortune. And then a thought struck me. I didn't know how soon this miracle would be over and I'd be back again in 1937. Better act fast, John McTeague, I told myself. Get all the information you can on the winners in the horse races in the next year. The winners in the stock markets. I had to get my hands on the newspapers. All the newspapers for the next year that didn't even exist. And then another thought occurred to me. Old Harford... He said it couldn't happen. I'd phone him. That's what I'd do. <laughs> I'd phone him and, and tell him of this miracle I'd, that I'd been shoved ahead a year in my life. Uh, spoken in the year 1938, all in a minute. I turned into a drugstore. I hurried into a phone booth. Mr. Harford's residence. Hello. Is Mr. Harford in? Mr. Harford Sr.? Oh, why certainly Mr. Harford Sr. Is he in? I, I'm very sorry, sir. <laughs> what are you sorry about? Mr. Harford Sr., he, he passed away some time ago. What are you talking about? He's not dead. Uh, yes, sir. Dead. But, but, but I saw him only, I mean, when, when did it happen? Six months ago. Oh. And, might I ask who's calling, sir? An old friend. You, you know me, Jenkins. The name is John McTeague. 
John McTeague? Yes. Yes. John McTeague. You remember me. Don't you, Jenkins? John McTeague who? Oh, no. Say, Jenkins? Jenkins, what? Hung up on me? Now, Now, why did he do that? Why? Why should he cry out and hang up yes. on Yes. I couldn't quite figure that out. Why should the man scream and hang up when I told him my name was John McTeague? <laughs> but I said to myself, no matter. I have so much to do before the time came to be back, as I knew that time would come, so old Harford would die inside of the coming year, would he? I remember I chuckled to myself at the thought he hadn't known that he would be dead when he had said, It would be a horror <laughs> beyond your comprehension. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> a horror beyond your comprehension. Oh, old Harford. Oh, you die within the year. <sighs> yes, that's... That's what I said as I stood there in the phone booth wondering why the old butler had screamed at me when he heard my name. But no matter, I told myself, knowing that old Harford would die within the coming year was interesting but unimportant against the work I had to do. Oh, the newspapers... In them, stock market and horse races. Oh, I had to know what the market had done in the year. What, what horses had won. What, what information. With that information safely written down, let, let the power that had sent me into the future take me back in time again. Oh, I wouldn't care. When I got back... I'd be the richest man in the world inside of a week. I hurried down to the newspaper offices. I went into their files there. There with the newspapers of the past year stacked before me. I knew a thrill no man had ever known before. There was the printed record. 365 days that hadn't been lived yet in time. And the knowledge that I was going to get out of them would give me the world when I got back into the year 1937. As somehow, somehow, I knew I would get back. I began to turn the pages. One... By one, <laughs> by one, <laughs> oh, I didn't think they would get married, <laughs> by one, <laughs> oh, that's so sad, <laughs> by one, by one, <laughs> I didn't write anything down at first, I wanted to enjoy myself reading what was going to be, and, and then, and then, it caught my eye. The headline. The paper of the day before. 
April the 29th, 1938, there it was, staring, glaring at me, letters of black streaking across the paper, words unbelievable, my eyes saw them and my ears sang with them, the slayer of aged banger dies tomorrow. High Court refuses appeal of condemned man, John McTeague, doomed to electric chair. I, doomed to the electric chair, a murderer, a murderer, murderer. I was a condemned murderer. That's... That's what it said. Condemned to die that... That night! <laughs> Whom had I killed? When? Where? I, I read on quickly. My, my eyes soaking up the words. Whom had I killed? And then, I saw the words, the words that told me, and I couldn't believe, oh, no, not him, why should I have killed him in this year I've never lived? Him, why, why, him, why? Yes, I'll tell you. The man those newspapers said I had murdered was old Harford. Yes, unbelievable to you. And so it was unbelievable to me. Turn the newspaper pages back, back through the days to, to find out what had happened. Days I hadn't even lived, Move, moving back page after page into a time I'd never known. Page after page. John McTeague, convicted page of banker murder. John McTeague, case goes to Harford jury. Murder case on trial. Grand jury indicts John McTeague for banker Why murder. Why did I say I had done? John McTeague doomed to electric chair. Turning the pages, going back in time to find out all John about McTeague it. John McTeague held without Community shocked by murder of aged when, banker. Where? Why had I done it? And that's what I wanted to know. Aged banker murdered in downtown club. So... That was where I had murdered him in our club, but, but when I looked at the date on the paper, there it was. I had killed old Harford on October the 30th, 1937. And, and today when, when I had first talked to this madness of going into the future had, had been April the 30th. 1937! That's... That was my destiny! Then! In, in six months, I... I would murder old Harford. Why? I did not know! And, and in six months... And in six more months... My fate would be... 
The electric chair. Murderer refuses to give reasons for murder of fellow clubmen. John McTee keeps silence on motives behind brutal murder and smart downtown club of aged banker. Yes. That's what the paper said. I gave no motives. But I had to know why my future was the murder of that old man. I, I had to know. And then, suddenly, I realized how late it was getting. And, and the thought that the memory of that day's headline suddenly flared in my head. John McTig dies in electric chair tonight. Tonight? And yet... I thought to myself, my, oh, my brain pounding within me. How could that be? How could I die that night? How, how could I? Here I was, a, a free man, and yet, and yet the paper said, and, oh, and the pictures were of me, that, I was the one to die in the chair that night, and, and yet I, no, I, I hadn't killed Harford. I hadn't killed him. I, I had left him only, only a few hours before, dozing in that, in that favorite easy chair of his, and it's yet these papers, these, these papers of a world that were, that was, that was really a year in the future were. We're saying that I was to die for having killed him six months before. My, oh, my head began reeling. My, my brain pounding. How, how could that be? How, how could that be? How, how could they kill me when I was, I was of the past when, when this day was was a year ahead in my life? No, 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 not me. They, no, no, not me. They, they couldn't kill me. Not me! <laughs> hey, I got an idea! Oh, I would go to the execution! Yes, go to my own execution! I, I wanted to see. I wanted to know. How, how could that be? Killing me in, in the electric chair when I was here, a free man only a few hours before the paper said I was to be electrocuted! Yes. Yes, I would go to the electrocution. How I got to the prison, oh, I don't know. All I remember is that I was there. Oh, crowds milling around outside the walls. I just stood outside the walls of the jail with the others. Till at last I heard someone say. They're letting in the lucky ones. Then, I understood. They were letting in the reporters and the witnesses to the execution. The police were holding back the ones that didn't have invitations. Yes. Invitations to my execution! But miraculously, how... How? When I... I couldn't quite understand, but... Miraculously, I... I was inside with the others! Taking a chair in the row of chairs that faced the black armchair they said was going to kill me. Oh, I listened to them talking. He had it coming to him, killing an old man. I'm kind of sick to my stomach. Take a couple of deep breaths, it won't be so bad. 
Do they really burn? Yeah. You see the smoke rise and curl. Me! Talking about me! Oh, and yet I knew they were fools. Yes, fools. How could I die in the electric chair when I was sitting there next to them? How could I? All at once, everyone around me stiffened in their chairs. Oh, I could hear their feet shuffling nervously on the concrete. I heard an iron door clang. Footsteps coming closer. And then, suddenly, they were there. The priest walking in front. Two guards following behind, half carrying between them. Oh, I swear to you, it is the truth. Half carrying me. Preserve me, O God, for indeed do I put my trust, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Priest mumbling prayers and, and me there, I, I tell you, me, me between the, me there between the guards, I, I knew it was me, not, not someone who just, not someone who just looked like me, but, but me, me. The man sitting next to me whispered, There goes John McTee. <sighs> they were putting me into the chair. Me sitting out there watching me of a year later being strapped into the chair. It couldn't be, no. <laughs> no, it couldn't be. A, a man couldn't have two beings like that. Two existences. Straps around arms. Helmet over head. The, the warden's hand on the switch. No, I couldn't stand it longer. What are you I doing? jumped to my feet. I, I screamed, stop, 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 There's my story. <laughs> no one believes it, so why should you? <laughs> and yet it's the truth. Oh, I swear to you, it's the truth. I looked into the future. Oh, but it did me no good. A man's destiny is his destiny. I killed old Harford, but I tell you it wasn't my Sam, fault. what's he muttering about? But it wasn't that my fault. guy? Just a little stir-crazy. it wasn't my That's all. fault. Most of them get that way after they've been in this place a while. <laughs> but it won't long now. What do you mean? Don't you ever read the papers? It's the 30th of April tomorrow. That's the day set for his execution. I tell you, it wasn't my fault! I, Madman was written in 1937 by Arch Obler for the radio series Lights Out. This production of I, Madman has been directed by Luis Aguilar, starring Jared Bernadowitz as John McTeague, and featuring the voices of Kirk Reichardt, Sasha Gruden, Rebecca Gomez-Rueda, and Luis Aguilar. 
Midnight Apocrypha is a podcast dedicated to the revival of retro radio dramas through new productions of series from the golden age of radio. Midnight Apocrypha is brought to you by Widener University's Lone Brick Theatre Company in partnership with Forgotten Lore Theatre. If you enjoyed our little fiction, you can find out more about Lone Brick Theatre Company on Facebook and Instagram. Go now to subscribe, like, or follow Midnight Apocrypha. Or you never know what may find you.